So we're gonna start with the rapid fire round. The first one is, at what age do you want to retire? 75. Favorite color? Uh, blue, purple, green, pink, black. What time of day are you most inspired? Maybe mornings. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Three. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened? San Francisco. My husband would be insulted if I said that. <laughs> Pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk? Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. The biggest mistake of your career? Going places where my strengths were valued and my values weren't shared. How do you relax? Tennis and shopping. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? <laughs> like three in the morning and then I switch to something else. <laughs> A habit of yours that you dislike? Interrupting other people. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? It all works out as it's meant to. Your favorite Netflix show? Never have I ever. The last movie that had a good impression on you? Creed 3. The last song you've been listening to? Uh, my all-time favorite song is Walk on Water. All right, so that's the end of the rapid fire round. Uh, we're going to go on to the longer questions now, which you can answer with as much ease and time as you like. The first one is, so to a new entrepreneur who's starting their journey, what tips will you give them for sustaining their entrepreneurial voyage? Uh, so I think uh, the most important thing to sustain your entrepreneurial voyage is remembering two things. Number one, it's never a single choice. Often the pressure on entrepreneurs is like, you have to choose once and you have to be perfect. But being an entrepreneur is a constant journey of choice. You're going to have 1,000, 100,000 choices between you and success. So take the pressure off the first choice. Just get started. That's my first one. Um, my second one is probably uh, pay attention to who you want in your boat. Often entrepreneurs feel pretty lonely because you're doing it alone. But even one person to share the journey with makes a difference. That could be, if you can't afford someone, it could be just who you talk to as sort of your professional priest. If you're going to make your first hire, make it one um, who, as I said, uh, has complementary strengths to yours, but shares your values. And what are some of the tough decisions you've had to make in your journey? I think the toughest decisions finding an entrepreneur is like, are the decisions around how to manage your cash? You know, often it makes painful decisions around, you know, businesses to stop. Even if you believe they're great, they may not be great for now. You have to constrain your focus. Sometimes it makes really, means really hard people decisions, you know, just to make your cash go longer. Um, so often those are the toughest decisions, what not to do or what to stop doing. Because as an entrepreneur, you can see the value in, you know, everything you're trying and the value in all the people, you know, you might have assembled around yourself. Uh, what is your take on building business development skills and ultimately strategies? Uh, business development skills, very simple, like. Business development is all about having multiple threads going at once. People think that business development is about making one deal work. No, you want to drive eight or nine different opportunities, like a classic funnel, all the way to the end, and then narrow your choice set. At a minimum, it will make you a better negotiator, but often it will surprise you what you learn on the journey of opening up, you know, nine or ten different threads with different companies before deciding who you ultimately want to work with. And so could you share a memorable example of a business development strategy that yielded significant results or growth for a company you worked with? 
Sure. I'm going to give you a different example, which is as a small business, you often think you can't negotiate. And I remember when I was early on at Yodelay and I was our co-founder and head of business development, we were negotiating with the biggest banks in the world, uh, like a Citigroup or other things. And I remember everyone thought we couldn't negotiate with them, that we just had to take their terms. And at some point, you know, we figured out what our walkaway positions were and they would come to the table and I just said no. <laughs> and you think that if you're a small business, you can't negotiate against a big business. If they want to do business with you, you can also set your positions and you can negotiate with a bigger company. So it's okay to say no. Uh, so let's shift to cloud technology. How can small businesses use cloud technology to enhance their business, you think? Uh, well, I think the number one way to use cloud technology is to get rid of tasks that are time-consuming and paper-driven. Obviously, accounting is a key example of that. Um, so often when you go to the cloud, two things happen. Uh, number one, you can save time and resources by taking offline tasks and putting them online. And the other thing about cloud accounting that is important, or cloud in general, is these services are priced for what you use. And so often your cost of entering, you know, any new cloud technology um, is pretty low. And so what do you think of the enormous competition between cloud-based cloud services that we're seeing in the market today? Well, I think that benefits small business, right? Like I said, remember that earlier tip? Like, go, you know, look at three or four choices before you make your decision. You should be able to take advantage of that enormous competition for either better services or better pricing. And what tips would you have for cloud-based service providers at this point? Uh, focus on your customer. Okay. All right. So which current digital transformations that are going on uh, do you really think are going to change the future of work itself? Of course, I think that small businesses bringing all of their cash management online is going to change the world because small businesses power the world. Um, literally, 99% of all businesses and almost any given uh, GDP or economy are small businesses. So, um, of course, I believe that managing all your finances online is game-changing. And what will be the future of managing finances online? What are some of the exciting things you're saying that happen? I hate to say AI. Of course, I'm going to say I mean, we at Zero. I think it's important to remember it's not just generative AI, it's AI. Like everybody is very focused on generative AI. But remember, companies like Zero have been using AI to automate tasks for years. Um, so AI, I think, will continue to be a trend, but not just the nifty new stuff. The stuff that companies have been doing for a long time uh, to save manual process. Uh, could you read that? The stuff, I say including the AI that companies have been doing for a long time to keep automating manual tasks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so what are three things that a small business owner should be doing that will help them save time, money, and enable them to support their customers more? Okay, number one, manage your cash in very actively. A lot of small businesses think they're profitable, but their cash books don't reflect it because they're not good, at example, at invoicing and collecting money. Like when small businesses are trying to, trying to stay alive, the number one thing you can do is maximize your cash in and manage it, right? Like get your invoices out faster. Use tools like Zero to manage and close that gap between invoicing and payments, right? That is like cash in is the lifeblood of a small business. It's literally cash management. That's sort of like number one. Number two, and it's obvious, know your customer, right? I mean, small businesses survive because they offer a valuable service to their customers. So, you know, I'm always like, just understand what your customers need from you and say, like just completely focused on why they love you and do more of that. And the third one, is there another one? Is there another one? 
I think as a small business, you have to learn what to say no to. Um, by the way, that's the same problem that big businesses have. You know, focus, focus, focus. I understand all entrepreneurs, myself included, are optimists. And we live for all the future things we could do. But when you're a small business, you have to decide what to do today. Quite frankly, that's not that different from a big business. To add the most value. Do you have a story around a particular small business that you're pretty excited about? Uh, the board list. <laughs> I'm the founder of a small talent startup that we started eight years ago. We're the classic small business. We've raised only a series seed and try to be mission-driven uh, in terms of opening up opportunity for all the world's diverse leaders to make their way to boards and help them perform better. Um, we stayed very focused on the niche of kind of just solving board diversity uh, in order to drive better outcomes. Uh, and of course, it's the thing I'm passionate about because I'm passionate about making sure that like uh, boards perform better for all their constituents. And I, we know that diverse talent helps solve that. Okay, so the last question for you is of a personal kind. What would you be doing in your life if not this right now? Hmm. What would I be doing with like hanging out with my kids more, playing more tennis? Uh, but to be honest, I'd probably drive them both crazy if I wasn't working.